0: With cream.
1: Is it just whiskey? <laughs>
0: mm. No. Can you can you see it?
1: It's empty. Oh, it's just coffee. Yeah, just coffee. When you said Irish coffee. It's Irish. Okay. There's, there's whiskey in it.
0: Yes, Talisker. It's, oh. it's a shame to put Talisker in coffee, but there you go. It's kind of Scottish
1: coffee <laughs> because it's scotch, scotch, yeah, yeah,
0: Leela is shouting, I have to go upstairs and and get some more coffee, and is that okay, Frank? yeah, okay, I'll be down in one or two minutes, okay,, I still hear you pop. <laughs>
1: Okay. Now,
0: oh, now it's ninety nine point nine percent coffee. Lila, Lila asked me to tell you that your education training program in psychology is for my benefit too. So you could you could give me advice so I could get fit. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Do you want to get fit though?
0: It <laughs> uses every and any opportunity.
1: Yeah. So to watch. Do you want to get fit? Hardly. I am fit. I'm you fit are for fit.
0: drinking coffee and walking along the sandy beaches, fishing here. What more can I want? I don't want to run down there in like 10 seconds. Don't need no. that. But of course, a little would do.
1: So you just have to race up the stairs there to get the coffee. So, I mean, that's your workout done for the day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're sorted.
0: Yeah, my back is a, a little better nowadays, but it's it's going very slow. So I just have to be a little careful with what I do and things like that.
1: Is it ongoing? Is it that's? Is that just going to be the way it is? There isn't a fixer, no, fixer it's, thing? No, it's, get, it's
0: getting better, but it's a very slow process this time. Okay the 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 doctor the specialist said to, to me is, is a German woman Hannah. She said to me that the muscles are used to protecting uh, from the prolapses in the in the spine, so when it's not there when it, when the, when the prolapses has grown together, there are kind of scars and stuff, so the muscles keep functioning as if the course of the pain still was there. So they actually squeeze the nerves in, the, in a certain way so that I feel the pain.
2: Mm.
0: It's a physiological, psychological thing. So I'm going to uh, kind of therapy they use as a machine to actually crush the tissue. And when it's rebuilt or organically, I think, <laughs> then it will not have these kind of memories in brackets okay so it's a very funny thing it's the, it's the most scientifically proved thing about physiotherapy It's exactly this machine kind of thing it's a kind of pressure like a drill hammering into my back when she uses it my my physi- physiotherapist so it's
1: it's funny it's reteaching the body is that it, really? uh, it
0: In a sense, but it it tears down tissue. So the new tissue is kind of ignorant about how it should do things. Mm. So they will not get into the old habit of the present tissue or muscles or whatever it is. Yeah, but that's a a good explanation with some rationale to it. Pain, eh? I, don't know if I can see the palm leaves and the singing Hawaiian therapy for everything. But this is a kind of, yeah, it, it's a kind of experience that she has for many years working with people like me, various physiological pains and all that. So it seems to me that she, is, she can very well be correct in what she's saying. Okay that was a lot about this body how about the other body <laughs> you keep it running
1: <laughs> no i haven't been running in ages
0: <laughs> okay
1: i haven't ran since um practically since i finished the marathon, which is that's, okay that's a, that's a long how, how time how did the
0: marathon go did you cross the line in the end
1: i did just under like 32 seconds under the four hours which i was going for four hours i remember that that, was the objective was to go hit on the four hours
0: i think i put up with a graphic line that in some 20 30 minutes (laughs) you do it in no time
1: yeah if i kept going so Mm -hmm. with that in mind then obviously i've just not running again we'd see i thought i would run again but i just seem to have no interest at the moment Mm. That's okay. Yeah, it's kind of, I was um, during the summer. I was getting on a, a boat and then playing a bit of tennis. So that just seems to be a much more fun way to be active than uh, hammering the, the ground.
0: Yeah, uh, that arduous work perspective. I don't like when I do things. Well, I never really it's enjoyed doing kind of duty. <laughs>
1: Yeah, it became a duty. Now I did want to hit that target for whatever reason. I can't remember why I wanted to hit it, but I wanted to hit under four hours. And you did.
0: You
2: did. And I
1: did. So that's yeah. that's something, <laughs> isn't it? <laughs> something I can't great. even remember enjoying the beers afterwards. I don't think I did enjoy the beers afterwards, which was oh, I was I'm in just so, so much so pain. Glad
0: we invented time with sixty minutes an hour so that you could get under four hours. Yeah. <laughs> I mean thanks to those people otherwise you wouldn't have known would you
1: yeah uh, all of those things yeah otherwise I wouldn't have known plus I got a little uh, certificate that says I got under the four so I look at that every day just to remind me I want <laughs> to, to run again do you know what I mean <laughs> you
2: did it yeah
1: yeah I wish Anyway, yeah, there you go. But you see, I would started off at five and a half hours when I did it the first time. Mm. So then... Well, cost- a lot
0: of things are easily improved in the beginning.
1: Yeah.
0: I mean, you, you could do 90% of a lot of things very, quite easily. But yeah. when it gets to the last 10%, that's where the real things kind of kick in. That, that's, that's the real challenge. To do the 90% yeah. is kind of ordinary simple. Uh,
1: I wouldn't say simple. Well, simple. I wouldn't say simple.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, if I started, I maybe I could finish in nine hours. That would be simple.
1: And yeah. the <laughs> next week I could call for eight hours 59 minutes. <laughs> I think you just have to really want it, don't you? I mean, I just don't want to finish in three hours. <laughs> if, I, if I really wanted to, I think I probably could do it. But yeah. it would mean a huge amount of devotion into running. And there's never really that much joy in it. It was more just the completion and the the completion thing, yeah. The starting and the finishing and mm. the, the, the task of it. And the kind of getting through the pain somehow at mm. the yeah. other side. That was... That was somehow nice, maybe. But no, there's um,
0: always some kind of pain involved. Otherwise, you'd get it for free, kind of. So, yeah. yeah there's always an effort, some strenuous work that or exercise you have to pass through. I mean, a friend of mine, he's now the head of the Oli- Norwegian Olympic Administration, his Tour of Evruppe. He started out rowing. And he became a coach and I discussed martial arts with him when he was studying philosophy. We were studying it together. And he implied a lot of those ideas. And suddenly things started rolling in a much better way, m- more smoothly, you can say. And he asked this, actually he advised this Norwegian top talent swimmer that unfortunately died a few years ago actually do exercises outside of the swimming pool, mm. to climb around in the wilderness on four, four legs, I mean, on all four, do those kind of things to build up the, the body's muscular capacity or whatever, the flexibility, everything. And after he'd done that for a while, he really improved while swimming. He mm. really, really improved.
1: Yeah, I bet it's something about opening up the natural movement of the body, probably.
0: Yeah, it's like if you do one specific thing and only that, it's kind of you go into a niche and things not only can become very boring, but actually very limited. You have this idea that if I keep running 100 meters, I will run faster and faster. If I practice running more and more and more, and what you actually might need is to do something totally different. Mm. And that might seriously improve your running capacity. That's what he did with this swimmer.
3: Yeah.
1: Yeah, I could see that. Well, I, I did all this breath thingy, you know, this breath to try and increase the um, the lung capacity. I think it might have yeah, made a difference. Good. You know, that Wim Hof sort of thing. I think Yeah, I, that um, can do. Think, yeah I think I saw some podcast something, or something other somewhere. than increasing
0: yeah. the capacity whilst running yeah it, that it's that playfulness that is very kind of magic you mm. do this I mean I was in seminars listening to psychologists uh, some years ago talking about self-confidence for women that wanted to establish their own business and they kept Talking about self-confidence all the time, all the time, all the time, and I said that that's not the way. What I would do, I mean, what is it that is required for you to start a business? You need to be able to put up a budget, to price your services or products or whatever. You need to make calculations, to to uh, write an a uh, uh, what is it called an account business uh, plan. Uh, You need to write the the in and out money, the expenses, the income. Okay, the accounts, yeah. And you need a a little of marketing knowledge. You need a little bit of that, a little bit of a a few things. When you know all these things, in the sense that you have now what is needed, then self-confidence will come as a shadow. Mm -hmm. When you actually know what is required, let's say on a minimum level, you are confident, mm. you can actually start now. So instead of focusing on self-confidence, you actually, you, you bring it up by doing something totally different.
1: Yeah. Yeah, that's always this idea of focusing on the result, you know, focusing on the result as opposed to the process.
0: Yep. People always want to address this kind of problem or challenge directly. I mean, if I would like birds in my garden, I have two options at least. I could either put them up in cages or plant bushes and trees. Mm -hmm. And if I put them up in cages, people ask, yeah, you've got birds in your garden. Well, I have in a sense. But once the trees start growing, the the bushes, probably with berries on, then the birds will come by themselves. Mm -hmm. So to do things indirectly is one of my ways of doing things with mm. people and for myself. Because because if you focus directly on it, you will kind of miss it. You will yeah. be able to do it, but you will not advance to a kind of level that has to do with, let's say mastery or virtuosity or whatever. I mean, Yodi in the violin player, he was doing yoga. And he said that that greatly improved his way of holding the fiddle. I don't know if it's called a fiddle, maybe it's a violin in classical music, but it greatly improved his relaxed ways of handling the bow and the the violin. So that really was his way of doing something other than simply playing the violin and practicing. Yeah. Made him go a giant step forward, if you can talk about it in that way.
1: Yeah, I've been thinking about that a lot lately. That idea of play and how everything is so serious, and how everything is like everything that we do. It's like when I was going for a run, it was okay, I'm running, I'm going to do 5K as opposed to running for the bit of crack, for the bit of fun. And if I do 5K, that's a byproduct of going out there. But maybe I'll just do a half a K and stop. Mm-hmm. Um, Or it's just that idea of playing. And it seems, this is a broad statement, but it seems like um the world is serious. That it's very, everything that is done for the most part is not just done for the sake of it. It's done for the the goal of getting somewhere, whether it's exercise or meditation or working in the job or trying to become good, it's always becoming, it's not for play's sake. And I know this is, but it uh, this is moving into a certain type of conversation, but I, I'm just really interested in that idea of play that, um, it's, it seems to be absent. Do you think that's true? Or is that just my view? In most
0: cases, I would agree. Yeah. There is a seriousness once you pursue a certain goal or a project that ends somewhere in the future, then it's very exhausting because the things you're doing now is simply instrumental. There is no joy in it in themselves Mm. while doing them. Of course, you might enjoy doing yoga, but if you want to do yoga to become X or Y, then it becomes a kind of strenuous effort to get up in the morning and do, for example, Kriya Yoga, which is a very hard exercise on a more advanced yoga level. Then, then people are actually making it a lot harder for themselves. And the playfulness never seems to be, the, be in what you're doing if you do it that way. Once, once you drop the goal idea, I mean, if you practice yoga or if you practice athletics or gymnastics or whatever, if you keep running, things will happen with your body. If you lift weights, muscles will develop. I mean, we know that certain things will happen if we have a certain practice. But mm. But we are more much more in our culture focused on the goals, so if people ask for example me well not not me as me, but if people ask someone, "What are you doing yeah i 'm trying to get to X by doing this, and people will approve yeah that's that's a legitimate target or that's a legitimate goal, and we all like to become rich and famous and and good at things and win competitions and blah, blah, blah. And they kind of recognize themselves in the kind of reciprocal sympathy of the struggle and the exhaustion of doing something that is purely instrumental, strategic, temporary, in order to get where you really want to go. Mm-hmm. So the, the, the sympathy arises from the understanding that, oh, you are also on your way to your target which can be different than mine of course but then the same or similar situation is there that we can exchange sympathy and support because we are both locked in a situation where there is kind of no escape on our way to x and y and i think this It's also in the spiritual industry, people recognize that, oh yeah, I'm working on the heart chakra now. I mean, it's, it's totally ludicrous working on the heart chakra for what to to make it bigger or smaller, or to get beyond it into the throat chakra. I mean, what are all these people doing? My experience is that most of them are simply exchanging this reciprocal um, recognitions and sympathies that we are both on the way. If you come, if you come and say that I have walked all the way, then if you're not a master, if they don't recognize you from already something you've done or whatever. If they don't see you as an authority, a lot of these people will get very offended. And the easiest thing to do is when you deal with such people, and I would say, especially in the spiritual industry, and and don't respond to this exchange of reciprocal sympathy, then they think you're absolutely weird, you're mad. There is something absolutely wrong with you. Mm because they, they sense that there is no kind of feedback to what they are saying. Yeah. It's not that you're laughing at them, but there is no, there is no um, reaction to what they are kind of openly telling you that I had this lovely experience with the celestial beings and blah, blah, blah.
1: I mean... But um, you see, even I suppose what I'm talking about is not, and it's not forced um, fun or, you know, you say there's like there's an app called Mind Spaces, basically an app that teaches you how to meditate now. Okay. But even the principle of meditation, or like you're talking about the chakras there, or whatever it is, it's always, from what I can see, always quite serious it always has a it's not it, I don't see people that sitting in the meditation, even say for example somebody could come up with a meditation, a laughing meditation I'm sure Osho had a, a, a laughing meditation but it was all also for the purpose of some reason as opposed to just when a kid gets on a bike, they're going cycling down the road and they're not going anywhere And it's just for the sake of cycling the bike. And it's just that seems to, that bit of fun or messing and play acting and having a laugh seems to be absent from all of these quite serious things that are supposed to make you better. As opposed to, you know, (coughs) spend, spend 20 minutes playing football or I don't know, whatever, kick the football up against the wall for the sake of kicking the football up against the wall. But you see, then the moment you open your mouth, then it's a moment you really say anything about having a laugh or play for the play sake. It's suddenly somebody will make something out of it, really. They'll go, okay, I'm going to, do you know what I'm going to do now? I'm going to go outside (laughs) and kick the football up against the wall and see, do I feel any better? Mm-hmm. yeah anyway should I, you're, you're done uh, I suppose it's just that idea that I've been I've been playing with that idea of play and what it is and then I went looking and I found some TED talks and conversations all over the internet and they were all kind of a little bit dull really in the sense of trying to make some one was interesting this idea of introducing curiosity again that was interesting mm-hmm. but
0: well, Osho designed with his disciples these <clears throat> therapies. Some will call them meditations, this mystic rose, where you sit one week laughing, the other week you sit in silence, or you roll around and scream, or whatever. And Nataraj, Kundalini, who, everything, all these therapies, he said, leads to the moment that you can actually sit. In silence and listen. It's kind of vipassana or sand meditation. It's the same thing. To, for them to simply get rid of all the energy, it, it's like in, not rid of in the sense that they are totally empty, but all these mad energies, all these conflicting energies in a lot of people, to, to, to actually calm them down or hmm.
1: to still, still the inner still has a purpose. or whatever. Purpose. It still has a purpose, yeah. though
0: yeah and uh, and also um it, it, yeah he wanted them to actually be able to sit and and do nothing, and in yoga, they have this karma yoga, which means that you actually work, you do ordinary things, you cut the vegetables in the kitchen, of course, that is needed, but then you perhaps uh, grow something, you, you get go out in the field and get the potatoes. I mean, it's work, painting the house, whatever, to actually calm down all these energies. So to prepare a kind of readiness to really begin yoga or, or to really begin meditation, which was Osho's I- idea, I'd like to say. Now, if you look at... This still playfulness. The, yeah, still this has a playing, purpose. Yeah. yeah, playing and playfulness has no purpose. It's a purpose in itself, yeah. which means that there is no purpose. It's yeah. simply kids biking, girls and boys. They simply enjoy biking together, exploring yeah. whatever is going to happen. That is a play. Uh, if you look at a game, a game always has a purpose. It's about winning most of the time. So, a game, children will also play games, but we adults introduce them to games. There are certain rules you have to follow and everything, and there is a purpose in the end of a game. A chess game is to actually put the uh, op- opponent's king checkmate, and, and there are a lot of games, but a play or, or playing does not have any purpose in that sense. And that is why we say that it is for the childlike, not childish, but the childlike people, they play all the time. They are not in this game anymore. Mm -hmm. They're simply playing. It's an effortless joy all the time. There is no purpose. It's not an instrumental thing that has been designed in order to get you on a certain, uh, to a certain goal or to fulfill anything. I mean, a lot of people will say the teachers, if you do this, then you will get there. Yeah, that is appealing to a lot of people because they sense that this authority can give them something. And when children are biking, they don't talk about what they will get. I mean, in that sense simply biking
1: yeah
0: and enjoying what's going on enjoying what is happening
1: so it's the same idea then in art and that that we have definitely talked about this before um but it's the same idea then in art or it's where the it's not the person that wants the number one single it's the person that's just doing it because they love doing it and they're just playing there are these
0: people around, but a lot of artists have a hard time making a living on doing what they really enjoy doing. Mm. So a lot of them try to sell paintings, sculptures, whatever they do. I mean, it, it it's a rough and hard life for many of them. So I can understand that they need to do that too. But yeah. I think that not all artists really have this playfulness. But when they do, it's kind of watching something that is pure magic, especially when they are painting or or sculpturing or whatever, to actually be able to watch them doing this thing. But this pure joy is is just amazing. It's like, it's like your magic. Yeah, that's the last (laughs) thing. Other than than making something to sell it. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, Picasso knew what he was doing. He was very famous while he was alive, and that's a very rare thing. So a woman came to him once and asked him to buy a painting, and he said, I only have one left. And she said, well, I I called you earlier, and I said, I'd like to buy two paintings. So he simply brought a saw and cut it in two, and signed both and there she uh, she went away with two paintings of course they are very expensive today because of this story Mm. but he didn't fucking care
2: Mm.
0: if you you want to buy eight let's cut it in eight it's if it sells it sells he was very aware of that i mean once in a restaurant
1: I was going to once say we find that very attractive, that idea of um, not giving a fuck. That not giving a fuckness comes across.
0: Yeah, that that part of Picasso is something joyful. That he didn't care. Hmm. That part of him. He had other parts that were not so nice. But then he was in a kindergarten once and. All the children were painting and Picasso was coming on a visit and everybody was excited. And he came across a, a little girl at five, five years old. She was simply painting on a canvas or whatever, white. And Picasso asked her, what, what, what are you painting? And she said, I'm painting a cow eating grass. And Picasso said, where is the cow? Well, it's eaten, so it's gone but then where is the grass of course she has eaten it that's why she painted everything white and that Mm -hmm. was a very important kind of wake up call for him that creativity has no limits whatsoever can be
1: anything yeah totally yeah it's hammered into us what it should look like and we should draw in between the lines it's hammered like yeah. Of what it should look. It should look like something, should yeah, yeah appear like something structured or
0: yeah, but once you produce to... a goal, a purpose, then it becomes very limited because then it becomes something that it's going to end up in. Mm-hmm. And it's not playfulness anymore. Of course it can be enjoyable. Composers composing a new symphony for the 100th anniversary of X and Y. Yeah, but they have been kind of hired to do a specific thing. Of course, they can Mm. do that too, but the creativity is not limitless in that sense, I would say. It can be, but it's very, very hard.
1: Yeah. I mean, one
0: of the most famous... Japanese calligraphists, he was asked to paint, uh, I think it was a dragon, I can't remember what it was, but he was sitting there and all the people around him were watching and he just couldn't do it. And he asked them to go into the kitchen and find something to eat and they all went because it was fucking boring just sitting there. And when they came back, he just finished everything. Mm. So even him, even he had that kind of, uh, must have felt kind of limiting situation where they expected something that he should actually demonstrate something for them. He didn't want to demonstrate anything because he has these capabilities all the time. But then a violinist can pick up the violin and the bow and simply play, Uh, there's no fuss about it. But that anyway, that was, His story, that incident. So when the music industry gives young people 50,000 euros and say, hey, we want three records or three CDs in two years, they simply go partying and then they wake up one day and realize that we have to do these three CDs. We have to come up with 50 songs or melodies or whatever. And that is terrible.
1: (laughs) Yeah, that's what suffocates shit. It doesn't really, It's I haven't, uh, it fucking kills things, yeah. You yeah. have to do that now.
0: We know very well how to kill things. Mm. And the whole idea of bringing up children is actually to bring them up. It's not letting them grow in their own way. but It's simply forming them or disciplining them or making them into something that is acceptable from our adult's point of view
2: Hmm.
1: yeah it's it's almost to fit into a behavior that we know and any behavior outside of what we know needs to be chopped down a little bit or you know adjusted a little bit to get it back into a behavior that we can recognize and go get that that's okay that's 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 normal anything else? we we have the
0: matrix i mean it's it's there we just want to socialize it kind of into the child so that it will respond automatically when it is in this or that situation politeness whatever swearing, all these things
2: that
1: a lot of people
0: care about. Hmm. Yeah. There are very few children who get to grow up, kind of, or live without interference. Simply in an environment where the adults or people around it are simply nourishing whatever. without yeah. any requirements, without any conditions, without any projects, without any purpose, without any aims, simply leave the child to itself and watch this unknown plant grow into what it already, in a sense, is like an acorn becomes an a an oak. I mean,
1: yeah, but you see, when, when you get that baby and you come back from the hospital you really haven't a fucking clue like you really really you have this piece of life and no book is going to tell you anything and so and then you're you're surrounded by how things are and how things should be and then you I suppose do your Um, best with that (laughs) yeah but
0: there are thousands of (laughs) books on how to manage with a, with a little infant and how to manage with a child on one year's old and two years old and three years old. I mean, you, you could read your whole life.
1: How to get out of the way. That's, that's one page. How to get out of the way.
0: Yeah. How to get out of the way. It's, mm. and, and a lot of people want that kind of comfort that there is an authority somewhere that can tell them what to do. And this is one of the major issues about us growing up in a society, is to understand that in, in reality there are no authorities. It's okay to be inspired by other people, but it's not okay to regard them as authorities. Because that will, in a sense, limit us in ways that we are aware of and in ways that we are not aware of. mm Ah, sure, luck simply to say fuck it <laughs> all authority we don't mm. need authority we don't need authority at all to tell us what to do
1: hmm we don't need anything
0: no I mean Christopher Hitchens and and a few others of those um, Atheists, they, they say that, okay, without religion give, providing for us a lot of values that we should internalize and a lot of duties we should perform and everything and all the morale and all that. Do you really think that we would kill our neighbor? I mean, without a preset system, without preset authority telling us that it is wrong to kill our neighbor. Would we actually kill our neighbor? I mean, don't you trust us as human beings? Where should this motivation arise from that that I'm going to kill my neighbor? Of course, we could have our quarrels and discrepancies or whatever. I mean, it, it simply does not arise. It's not that violent anarchy that those people expect will happen once you cut all authorities' influence over you. They, they simply suspect that it's going to be a society where everybody rapes each other and kills and robs. And it's just tremendous stupidity. And they are utterly afraid of what will happen if they simply let go of that chain linking them to this authority. They dare not cut the rope and be free as so the Greek says in, in the book of Nikos Kasansakis.
1: And what do you think How about that? Cut the
0: rope? In Nikos Kassansakis lets this. But what do you Assoba? think about that? What do you think about I that? I think it's I think it's a beautiful way of saying something that in a poetic way is true. You have to cut the rope.
1: You have to cut the rope. Why?
0: Yeah. Or understand that there is a rope and then simply let go of it. I mean, we are conditioned, once we grow up in this society, we are conditioned by our parents and schools and whatever to behave in certain ways. And we need to let go of that, in a sense. Or to understand it and then it will drop.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Do you why? Why do you think that that's
0: I think so we need to let go of
1: authority for
0: Well, we can be inspired by other people, but we we don't need to follow authorities.
1: Hmm. You don't follow authority though.
0: No. Well, I follow you, Frank. Mm No, there is no need to follow anyone. You can be inspired, you can laugh with other people, you can do whatever with other people, but, but not in the sense that I have to do what you say, Frank. We do that when we are working for someone because we have duties at work. That's not a problem. That's not, not interfering with my and, you and your personal freedom when we stop at the red traffic lights. That has nothing to do with our personal freedom.
2: Mm. But
0: once we psychologically uh, live our lives in a way that we follow others' advice or orders or commandments, then we are limiting ourselves and selling our freedom.
1: Is that, that a bit of a story too, though? I mean, just as a matter of interest? Like living our lives and all that. So not uh, maybe you just like how how is any of that happening? It's just all happening, isn't it? In the story it's all of happening. In, in by itself. Yes, the story in a sense. But this is happening by itself. This is happening by itself.
0: Yeah, this is happening by itself. Yeah. No, I'm just curious,
1: that's that about the authority and getting rid of the and breaking letting go of authority. That'll well, happen or it won't can't happen say, say
0: That that will benefit anyone or that it will lead to something else like a cause and effect thing. But yeah. a lot of people are struggling. They 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 are not happy because a lot of people around them tell them what to do all the time. And they do it. And that makes them very unhappy. The wife or the husband or the boss at work or whatever, relatives, the local priest, blah, blah, blah. A lot of people live their lives simply following uh, the advice of others and that makes them unhappy. So a simple thing for a lot of people would be to simply drop that
1: you kind of have to want that though? I mean, that has to kind of arise within you. Like I always hated fucking authority and being told what to do, but you know, that was in my, uh, in the makeup, really. That was in my character. My total makeup was a rejection of authority and mm-hmm. any kind of being boxed or closed in or told what to do. But you know, you couldn't, that, and then the rejection and wanting to get rid of that came about too you know Mm. i can't say can't say how or whatever or but i'm saying the wanting to get rid of that either is there (laughs) or not there isn't it is it i don't know that i mean i don't know i don't
0: know where that comes from with you but it can be your character it can be the people around you when you were growing up that allowed you to have this freedom that didn't impose anything on you
1: i think it's the opposite i think I was just always a little bit one to i think it was was called the black sheep from a very young age yeah. i think that was just that i think that was just there I, I, um, who knows maybe it was a rebellion maybe it was a reaction to whatever uh conservative sort of upbringing but it just so happened that that came about where um, where I wanted to not... That really felt horrible. That felt mm. prison-esque and I couldn't bear that. Yeah. That's kind of just... Uh, that's inside it, the yes, makeup so it, of...
0: It, <clears throat> I think yeah. I was in a similar position as you described with yourself but a lot of people around where I grew up in the western coast of Norway, which was very Christian religious, old Mm. school thing. We had to learn by heart 30 different Psalms with all the verses. We had to pray this daily prayer every morning. And my grandfather was ill. He had cancer. He was dying. And I refused until Jesus cured him. I was seven, eight at the time he died when I was nine and a half and after two years and a lot of discussions with my parents the priest said that Robin is exempt from these duties I think that is the first response I ever got so I was also in in a way the black sheep I I was into all these obligations duties morale rules regulations but I never let them come into me fully. Mm. And people growing up, it's very easy to see in a, in religious settings, Islam, for example, is submission all the way and Catholicism uh, and the, the church before the reform uh, with Martin Luther and a lot of Protestant uh, organizations and, and branches of Christianity, of course, raised their children in a very strict setting. And uh, the psychoanalyst, Alice Miller, who, who's written a lot of books about childhood and so, so-called child upbringing, she found out that the um, so-called terrorists in the 1970s, in the Brigade Rosso and the uh, Bader-Meinhof, over 85% of them were daughters and sons of priests. Now they've grown up in this strict uh, play by the rules thing. And once they discovered the hypocrisy of their parents, that the parents really didn't live up to what they ordered them to do, then they let all that anger, all that resentment pass on to innocent third party people. I mean. They didn't have the courage of well, i don't know what to actually bring that issue up with their own parents and it's very interesting that she found out that it was around eighty five percent of them. That is no coincidence
1: when you look at your uh, when you were saying you were describing about your scenario and you said well i didn't let that in that just that's just the way it happened though it's not like you can't and it's just the way the physiological makeup of Robin rejected that. The, the psychosomatic movement of um, Robin just rejected that authority. I don't know reje-
0: how to answer that because I really don't know what what happened at the time, but it it never got in. That's what I can say. Yeah, there you go. But so that's now, a, that's I, now I can spot. say I, I live in society but society does not live in me. I'm not part of it at all. Although seemingly, I'm a part of what you call society.
1: Yeah, seemingly. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah,
0: so I, I live in society. I stop at the red traffic lights. I do certain things, but it is not me I'm I am not bothered by any of that. I would not do what Richard Dawkins says that he does, that to, to read this prayer or the blessings or whatever. He says that he can do that because it doesn't mean anything for him. I would not do that in church because I know very well that other people that don't know this from my perspective, they would think that, oh yeah, he's one of us too. And I I don't want that to happen. Not that it means anything, but I would simply not do that.
1: But uh, what I'm getting at, that that really is your makeup. From, from the few times that I've met you, your character is not suddenly going to go around and... That's why you can say, I don't think I would do that. I mean, anything is possible, but... Um, uh, your character seems to be <laughs> a little bit anarchic, to be fair. So well, I'm, I'm, trying, I'm getting at this kind of uh, choiceless happening. It's not like um, Robin is absolutely certain beyond. It just so happens that the character of Robin is not going to go and bow in the church and do the rosary in front of everybody. You that. will never see this body as long as it is breathing. Do
0: That in church,
1: yeah, and that's just you to be the say, character and though. guarantee
0: because life is life. life, life yeah. uh, what well, my sensing is that that you, you no one will ever experience that to happen. That yeah. is simply me flying to Venus or Mars with wings, that is not going to happen, yeah,
1: yeah. You can say that pretty certainly, but that—that that is kind of the this free fall character that is, from it, it's what easy. I gather, is a bit anarchic and just. Yes, pretty,
0: but it. It's but not not anar- that it
1: Go on, yeah. It's not that it is important for me to say
0: this in any way, but and it's not important for other people. But it's simply—it's not going to happen.
1: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, that just seems to be, though, um, your makeup, as opposed to you trying to make a point or a purpose behind, you know, that. I don't think so, anyway. Where I'm putting words into your mouth, but do you know what I, I, I mean? Was, it's yeah. not like you're going up, waking up in the morning and going, this is. I don't want to give anybody the impression that I am like this and I'm not like that or whatever. It just seems to be the makeup of Robin.
0: You can say that, and uh, that's still the Robin story thing with this body-mind, but yes, it's it's not going to be like that. Um, I'm certain about this
1: Hmm. in
0: a diplomatic way. I'm using language now, but these things are not going to happen with me. Mm. And I don't respect Richard Dawkins for doing that. I simply have no respect for the man. It's not that I have respect for anyone. I don't respect anyone. Why should I respect anyone? For simply what they are or what they are doing. This is also a word invented as a part of this disciplining um, realm or this this world where everything is predictable and people have aims and are pursuing various goals, that word respect and also forgiveness and consciousness are in the West Christian designed words. Forgiveness is a total Christian thing that even in the secular society has become important for a lot of people. It's a kind of re Christianizing people when they think that that is important? Why should I respect anyone? I don't have to. It's not a rule. It's not a commandment. I just don't give a fuck. <laughs> should I respect people like the Jews and people uh, Muslims because They cut the foreskin of their seven-day-year-old, seven-days-old male child. Should I respect that because it's a long tradition in those uh, religions? I mean, should I respect uh, a lot of this, these things that religious people do? Should I respect politicians? Why? Why should I respect people? It's simply trying to tie and yet another rope to me that will make me um, predictable. It's not that I don't want to be predictable or predictable. I just don't care about any of those. But it's a way of trying to attach me to what's going on as a society. And to say that, oh, yeah, he's a bit crazy, but but, you know, he's one of us. No, I'm not one of us. I'm not even me. Mm -hmm. In this freedom, there is no us, there is no me, there is no I. I don't know what the fuck this is, but it's enjoyable. Mm -hmm. This is freedom. And in, in a sense, you have to be watchful. I'm not saying this as a cause and effect thing, but it's very easy to get tagged by a lot of things happening around or by a lot of people around. Like like they kind of get their hooks into you or a rope tightened around your waist or whatever. And there are so many ways these things play out all these attempts to try to get me, I feel it almost daily, to get me back into the flock. And I cannot go into the flock because there is no flock. At the most there's just a lot of individuals who do things together and we call that society. They have certain agreements and we call those values knowledge whatever yes they're simply agreements between a lot of individuals so what
1: and when you mean be pulled back into the flock is this um, like work or consulting or just being dragged in and you know to do uh, normal things or what, what is this that you when you say that that to me oh
0: I have my relatives family a few so called friends i have so called friends and real friends you're a real friend frank uh they say to me why don't you work as a lawyer because you could earn a lot of money and you could you know be in the newspapers if you defend those criminals uh, doing the worst things around yeah that could happen yeah yeah i actually studied with one of the most known uh lawyers in Norway for like two years, went to all his court cases and I learned a lot of things, but that's not my way. Not that I have any way, (laughs) but they kind of want me back into saying that, oh, you're normal. Mm. And especially my mother.
1: But that's life,
0: that's
2: and, life mo- and
1: mothers. And what I mean is, I mean, we can all relate to that. I mean, so <laughs> Anybody so was a mother anyway. Will she give up that project
0: of getting me into what she thinks is normality?
1: Oh, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> she, she once to. I don't think so. Uh,
0: she, she had a boss at school. I actually knew him because I used to work... Uh, uh, in the municipality. So I actually met him a few times during the year and we talked about fishing and stuff. And my mother complained to him and said, well, my son, you know, he's not married. he doesn't have a proper job. And I said, just, just stop. Don't fuck with him. He's fucking with us all the time. Don't fuck with him. <laughs> he is immensely enjoyable. He's a real madman in a loving sense don't, don't do anything, just leave him alone, enjoy being with him or don't, that's what he said to her and the next time I went to see her, she was kind of, yeah, he said, uh, had a strange conversation with him and I said, yeah, probably told you to shut up and they said, yeah, that's what he told me. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It's well, your mother tempting. obviously is a strong character if she keeps coming at you, so yeah. <laughs> what but are you going to do? She's but, been to Sai
0: Baba's performances in India and seen that magic going on up close and, yeah, she, she's read a lot of books and interested in this spirituality and, yeah, but hmm. it, it's okay. Uh, the thing is that a lot of people feel so tempted once they recognize that this is the lost sheep kind of. Now in the Gospel of Thomas, the lost sheep is not any sheep in the flock. It is the most robust, the most energetic, the most courageous, he uses a special word for that, but it it is not any sheep of the flock. It is this sheep that has the capacity to cross out of the flock and cross that border where the flock ends. And when it returns, everybody is happy because now it's back in the flock. Yeah, it's back in the flock, baby, but sure, it doesn't belong to the flock anymore. Yeah. It has discovered something that the flock yet has not. And the flock can never discover this. It has to be each and every individual It actually has, in in a sense, I'm simply using words now, the courage to go elsewhere, to step out of the known into the real unknowable, or let's say unknown, and make that discovery. And then when you return, there is nothing here that can be attached to anything anymore.
1: See, I, for whatever reason, when you say that now, I would look at that totally different in the sense that, um, if uh, to me everything just seems to be happening by itself, so courage isn't required. But apparently, courage—it seems like that might be, but not really, because it's all happening by itself. Of course, so, when we
0: when we communicate, we could use these words all the time. Apparently. Robin is talking to what appears to be Frank about apparently this and that the whole language is dualism. We, we are seemingly in this trap of duality when yeah. we communicate. So instead of trying to make each sentence look like it's non-dual, we simply drop that shit and we say I and you and all those things. Of course, things happen by itself. Things but that's sarcastic. all I'm saying, so forget the word
1: apparently. I'm just talking about things happening by themselves. So courage may happen or may or may not happen. Yes, That's, it's that's not all required. I mean. I'm it's just saying required. that's what I, what it's I mean. It's not
0: necessity. Nothing is required. Nothing is a necessity. It's not that you have to do this or that. This or that mm. can happen, but it's not needed. You don't have to. But I'm simply saying, for a lot of people, if they detach themselves from this influence, from authority, their lives might be happier.
1: Yeah, I don't know. (laughs) I just know, I can only talk from uh, my own perspective, I don't know. Some people like the safety of authority, even though I mean, that's why the devil you know, people will go back to the devil you know. I don't know what it's like. I don't know it's, either it's people not, are- It's funny this thing because people- In way or another really.
0: Yeah, people have started asking Jimmy Newman, when are you going to write this book that you say that you haven't written yet? I sincerely think that he's not going to write a book. Why should he write a book? Why can't they be there with him? Why do they need a book? They need a book because they si- they still seem to be attached to this authority complex. And a book is more kind of authoritative than to have Jim Newman there in person. A book would comfort them more than simply listening to him. They could present the book to people they know. They could say, here he says this, here he says that all that blah, blah. Hmm. A book gives the impression that it's more authoritative than simply being there with this person.
1: Yeah, a book does seem to give that. Uh, being an author means you're somebody almost, and it's... Yeah, you, you speak you become with authority. an author,
0: and you've written a book. Of course, if you write a book, practically speaking, it can sell, and you can get an income to pay the electricity bill, and and some of the food you eat, and, and, and a little more <laughs> whiskey. But but that's practical. But this sense of, I, I just simply call it the authority complex. It, There are certain things, if you say something, people are not listening to you unless you are an authority. If you are a professor, they're supposed to listen to you. Now, in the universities, you can see how... Who are really listening to what the professors are talking about? They sit there with their computers, they're online, playing games, poker, whatever, writing emails. They're not listening. So the title professor or not doesn't make a difference, it seems. It makes a difference once you speak in the media about a certain thing happening in the
1: world. But authority is a weird thing. Yeah. I can see why a book. I can see why Kenneth actually has never written a book in a way because it seems probably is nothing to say, and so then when you go to write, it seems kind of an aberration to go and write words. Whereas in conversation, it's probably the free fall of it. It doesn't seem, but not that one is either or. But just that's my impression that it seems to be maybe something can be said when there's a question asked but something volunteered it kind of seems to be seems well, to if be it, diff- if it
0: happens it happens yeah but if it happens because someone wants it to happen to have a book to show to people then that is a different thing yeah. Richard said to me that he's simply writing the joy of it. It's not writing for any specific reason, simply writing when it feels like writing. When writing is happening, writing is happening. When it's not happening, it's not happening. And people ask him, What are you doing? Then he said, It's very comforting <laughs> way to say, Oh, I, 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 I'm writing a book. <laughs> and people are very happy. Yeah. yeah. Oh, you're writing a book. When is it going to be published? Well, <clears throat>
1: um, <laughs> I'm working yeah, on you that, see yeah. how
0: the conversation goes. Yeah, but you can,
1: you can. That's you should never finish your um, PhD. Have you finished it, by the way?
0: Um, I'm very close now, really Good. close.
1: Because that's what yeah. you, you just say. You've got your answer. Not that you'd ever need an answer anyway, but you have your answer. with, well, I'm working on my PhD.
0: <laughs> yes, I've been working on it for almost thirty years now. It's uh, yeah. I just for practical reasons I need to finish it. The pharaohs of egypt they never finished all their buildings they simply let something unfinished over to the next generation
1: yeah i I like that same here i think there's a couple of filmmakers and authors uh, that they don't go to try and get resolution all the time Mm. which is kind of brave because you feel like you need to well I remember when I was writing, I remember thinking, oh, I, I have to get an ending.
0: <laughs> yeah. But, but to it's be kind in of a- this openness where there are no paths leading in any direction is something totally different than being on a path to something. Hmm. It, it re- you can say that it requires a kind of courage not to, to attach oneself to a certain path or going in a specific direction but simply to remain in this openness and this is my daily challenge from more than one individual around me to to remain this openness, not to remain in this openness but to remain this openness.
1: Yeah, and how do you do that?
0: Well, I would say by now, I know all the tricks, but in in a sense, I have to use language, of course, since we are communicating to be this openness means that there is freedom available for everyone I'm not imposing anything on anyone, and this is felt by people that's why this my my mother's boss really enjoyed me because. There was nothing that I required or wanted or was going to drag him into or wanted his help in doing i mean, it's an openness it's the openness in a house that allows your friends to be there. It's not the furniture it's the open space and if if I'm totally into my projects as a lot of people are there was there is no space for people to be around these people because everything is filled up with them and their own projects. You have this expression to be full of themselves, that there is no space available for anyone. It's very stressing to be near these people because there is no openness. I'm not boasting that I'm, I'm totally open, I'm not saying that I'm totally open. I'm saying this is this openness. And it has nothing to do with me as Robin. Mm -hmm. It's like an open park. People can come there. If they want to play tennis, they play tennis. If they want to run, they run. If they want to bike, they can bike. There is this freedom to do everything they feel like doing. And with children, they sense it very quickly when I'm with them. They they, they sense it almost immediately. Mm. And a a lot of adults get very pissed at me, of course. That's almost like a daily (laughs) routine.
1: (laughs) Yeah, well, you poke, though. Is that fair to say?
0: Yeah, once in a while,
2: yeah.
0: Mm. I mean... Yeah, what to do.
1: Mm. Yeah, that's the, that playfulness thingy, I suppose.
0: People are very happy when they see me with a fishing rod because then, then they know that, oh, you're walking here because you are going there fishing. And that uh, almost unconsciously calms them down because then they know that I'm off to something. I'm not off to anything fishing is simply happening It's not that I am off to fishing because I want fish and I want this and I want that but but the visual appearance calms calm people because they they sense that I'm here with a purpose as they are here with various purposes so if i if i just walk down to the local supermarket and carry my fishing rod. There was nobody questioning anything. Everything is okay.
1: Is the long and short of, though, what your everything it mean is... is um, that seems to be how it's unfolding. That world or that experiencing for you... Um, Mm. seems to be, uh, you know, that openness you talk about seems to be just happening, but I mean, it's not a suggestion that you're not, um, a pain in the hole some days and not, are you always this openness? What about when, um, what is the openness like when the pizza isn't done correctly? Or is the and pizza not, all the sudden... time?
0: It's not done correctly. I mean, yeah. a lot of mistakes happen. But when I'm when I'm walking along, people see me with this blue cloth with my fishing rod in, and and, and a guy that I've talked to a few times, he asked me, what, "What kind of fishing rod do you have?" And I just opened it and drew the Japanese sword, and that is something wholly different. And thinking yeah. that I'm carrying a fishing rod. I had been carrying a fishing rod, but then I swapped it into this Japanese sword, the katana. And when I mm. drew that sword looking at him and did this with the sword, and, I, ugh. and after that <laughs> moment, we had a totally different conversation. Yeah. And he says it, it was kind of a moment of death for me. Yeah, in a sense it was, yeah yeah uh, this this is for me what this playfulness is about
2: mm.
1: it's a sort of um provocation you know in a maybe it's, without the wanting to provoke it's it's playful. But it's confronting too. It's not like you're offering somebody a chocolate. (laughs) You're you're scaring the bejesus out of somebody by doing that in a way. But then afterwards they will see they were never under threat. Although it is just so. you're You're basically what you're doing is utterly breaking the ordinary routine there of somebody, somebody's in this sort of a hypnotic loop of thoughts and daily lives and how they see you and and what you're doing is for whatever reason is ripping people out of us. It is, we've talked about this, but it is this sort of zen whacking on the head thing. Yes, it's like that. Yeah.
0: Yeah. They've seen me so many times fishing because this is not a big place with 6,000 people around. They've seen me fishing, seen me carrying the fishing rod. So they, they come into this hypnotic kind of circular thing that they absolutely know that this is a fishing rod. So after a while they get curious. So can we see the fishing rod? And when this thing happens, it's like crushing that hypnotic loop totally.
1: Is that, is that a, when you were a younger man, has anybody ever done that to you where they you were in your head? And yes, you were in this. I was
0: in France with a bowmaster from Japan, Kyodo. He was an old man in the 70s, 80s, I don't know. And he was supposed to lead the whole thing with the Japanese delegation. And everybody was shooting arrows. They do it in a kind of perfected Uh, way with certain body movements you have to pick up the arrows in a certain way and you lift up the bow and you shoot and if you drop an arrow you're supposed to kneel down in a kind of ceremonial way and pick it up in, in a specific way in a specific manner and this guy he was going to to shoot and suddenly an arrow dropped and he just bent down his bottom was Up high, and the Japanese delegation was just shrinking of this horrible, uh, non-mannered person. And a lot of the Europeans were there. They were simply, "What's wrong with him?" He picked up the arrows, and then he got up and he shot two arrows right into the middle of the target. He could have missed the target. That that's not essential. But then he showed them that it's not about the forms and everything, it's not about the rituals, it's a, it's about what is happening. And two people were laughing, it was me and a Finnish guy. And I would say almost of course, he invited us out alone with him. Mm. And a lot of people were so angry at me and that Finnish guy for laughing that they really had discussed whether or not we should be at the end or conclusion party or whatever, the goodbye party thing. Because we were not behaving. We were simply roaring
1: with laughter. So you got it though, you knew what he was doing.
0: When 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 he bent down, I started laughing. Yeah. I did, the laughing didn't happen when he shot them, but I started laughing when he bent down. I I have no uh, recollection of, of actually consciously thinking about it, but mm. it was so out of the way that it made me laugh. Yeah, And there is also a story from Tibet where they were walking in this religious processions along the way and suddenly one of the monks jumped up, up into a branch of a tree like a monkey and did a few gymnastics there and he dropped down again. And that kind of completes the whole thing because it's not something locked within certain way of behaving, certain way of being, certain way of doing things. The, the whole circle has to be there. And I think Zen is excellent in in showing that it's it's a whole circle of life. It's not the kind of perfect parts. It's also the imperfect parts. It's everything. And I, I had a few other moments like this in my life, and they were really kind of important for me that that really happened.
3: Mm.
0: Did I tell you about my deaf friend from the Faroe Islands? I've known him for years. He was deaf and when I was visiting him, we were writing on a kind of small blackboard thing and yeah, all that. And he came to Bergen to visit me and he wanted to go to the Society of the Deaf in Bergen. And uh, he'd been sitting, not that athletic, so he was kind of big. He was in the second floor and I just ran up the stairs and there was a sign there, the Bergen Society of the Deaf. And I knocked on the door in a roaring laughter from behind me and I turned around and that is the first time I realized that he is deaf. All of me, realized that he was deaf and that was the first time so to know things in the head so to speak is very limited mm. i completely forgot where i was when i was knocking i was 25 26 at the mm.
1: time
0: i completely was
1: recognition beyond yeah. yeah
0: and that roaring laughter And of course, when we entered, he explained to them that I was knocking on the door. Mm. Uh, And I was simply, I was simply in tears. I was simply crying because this was totally wonderful. I was Mm. completely shaking all of me because that's the first time I fully realized he was deaf. Mm. And that moment has followed me into martial arts and other things I've done, meditation and therapies. There is a an enormous difference between understanding something and really understanding it, Mm. or actually really seeing it.
1: It, 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 What's interesting about this is um, you can't ever pinpoint a moment Not really when of total understanding or totally getting it or totally um, all of that just is gone. Is that all of that um, idea of uh, fully understanding or knowing or getting something? All of that kind of just, falls away it's like uh, a clicking back into place of just everything where there isn't anything happening really so all of those things of all of those moments of finally getting it you say in the search for let's say this there's this idea of oh when the moment arrives i've I've finally got it
0: no you seem to be
1: it doesn't seem to be a It's like it's the moment in a circle, suddenly it's all, it's not like there's any, I'm not making any claims here, I'm just stating that my sense is that 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 end point and starting new point is not there, there's not, doesn't seem to have ever been a a middle or an end or a start. It's just like, if you look at a circle, you, you can't see the start of where a circle starts, nor where the circle ends.
0: The circle is already complete in itself, it cannot be improved upon. Mm. Regardless of whether or not it's painted exactly in 360 degrees, that doesn't matter. It cannot, the circle cannot be improved upon. You cannot be improved upon because you are everything. Mm. It's just this idea of there being a you as an entity keeps you away from seeing that this this is everything
1: and, and yeah, the problem
0: not- the <clears throat> problem is that there is no available space from where let's talk about me now from as a person robin there is no available space anywhere from where i can see everything because i am also this everything mm. so there is no distance everywhere from where i can look at this, everything, it doesn't exist. But the problem for the mind or the individual eye is that it wants to find that space somewhere that it finally can understand what this is. And it does not exist. It exists with a lot of things in life. You can learn a language, you can learn horse riding, you can learn, you can do a lot of things, dancing, playing the violin, whatever. Then it functions because there is a distance. But with this thing, this thing, with this, there is no distance everywhere. That's why it's hiding in being everything. I cannot see it because I am already this. Wanting to see it. It's not possible. I am already everything. You are already everything. There is no available place that exists from which you can see this everythingness. No, because you are also this everythingness. And this is only because of this I that it thinks, still hopes or long for to find that place from where it can discover everything.
1: Yeah, so the end game is somehow somehow or other, that pattern of movement, you see, that's the thing that you kind of can never hear until that you see that everything is being done, that the seeking, that the whole lot, the in and the out, and then this happening now, the whole fucking shebang, that there isn't a source from it all. It's just a happening. It's so utterly, Mind blowing for nobody, though. That's—I mean, it's not like it's even a thing. That's what's the mind blowing. The, the mind
0: cannot understand this. It's stunningly mind blowing,
1: though. It's, it's, it's. Yes, yeah. But for nobody, nobody's actually excited about anything. And then you kind of, when you hear that at one point, you kind of go, "Oh, must be somebody there who's nobody who's excited about that." But no. In the end game, when it's all been done, from my perspective, when it's all been done, nobody can ever see this. Spectacular. It's absolutely so, so the end of the universe and not the end of the universe even slightly.
0: It's the end of the universe because there is no universe in the first place. There is this everythingness. There is no universe. There is no earth. There is no world out there. That is part of the illusion created by the I, that I exist in relation to everything around me, including the whole universe. That is pure dualism, the thought that I exist and the universe is out there. That is exactly this ignorance, this blindness, or whatever you call it, this illusion. It doesn't matter what word you put on it. It's it is this um, arising from. From the thought, the, the sense that I really exist.
1: Is it not just still, though, happening by itself? Everything just happening that by itself. itself. It seems I have no like clue it's. What this is. Yeah, it seems like there's volition and that you're seeking and that you're living time and space, but that's just another fucking thing being. It's just being done. So, whatever, I, I mean, it's not even been done. You know, the way you had heard years ago, it's been done you know, for itself. It's not even been done no. for itself. It's not even, it's, it's not even been done. No. It's not even It's not even, it's not even, you can't even actually say a word in truth. You can maybe, you can't even, actually, you would never even talk about it or do another podcast or say anything at all. Because uh, even the moment you start speaking or telling anything, anything comes out of your trap door, at all at all at all, at all Seems like Mm -hmm. you're objectifying something when that is happening by itself as well. And that is Mm -hmm. utterly fucking mind blowing for a human being in time and space. Definitely Mm -hmm. unbelievable for me. Anytime I heard it, it was just outrageous Mm -hmm. to think that this could be Mm -hmm. happening by itself. And even trying to understand that intellectually is not there. It's nothing is there. And then who knows then? Because always when I used to listen to you talk, I'd say, well, he must know. It never occurred to me the other. (laughs) <laughs> and it's not that it has occurred to me there has been no realisation nothing but then that sounds yeah. like it's a realisation in language in commu- it communicating like it, yeah. it
0: sounds like there is one here who has got a realisation and understanding and knowledge or whatever mm. that's purely what it seems to be like in language for the sake of communicating we are using language and it's unavoidable that it seems so. Mm-hmm. When I say I and blah blah blah, I mean Socrates said that I don't even. Answer. I know that I don't know. I cannot even say that. There is nobody here to say that I know that I even not know. I cannot even say that I not don't know.
1: Yeah, well, I don't know. What there I'm is say. no one so... here
0: to say that.
1: I don't even it's know easily I, to improve
0: yeah. on his statement in a sense by by saying this, mm. not even nobody here. there is nobody here to come up with the statement that's that can that can say that I know that I even don't know i don't even yeah love but love the beauty
1: it. is though you see the beauty. Oh, I hate using the word beauty, but the freedom—they're I, I, all positive words. But the—the the, is the unknown. That's the, the the freedom is the unknowing. The but freedom is say, the unknowingness. That's the freedom. Because living in knowing, man, is just fucking utter <laughs> pain.
0: I—I I would say not the unknown. As something that can be discovered and be known later, I mm-hmm. would say the unknowable. This is unknowable for the eye. Thank fuck though. It's thank unknowable.
1: Fuck. Yeah, yeah, but thank, thank fuck. fuck. Thank fuck. Yes. It's unknowable because suck on, uh, really suck on that. Like for, uh, <laughs> I said that. Suck on knowing for eternity. Suck yeah. on knowing this for eternity. And yes. then try to get out of that fucking known. Oh man, oh, you know, yeah. suck, suck on the sweet of being God for eternity, or whatever you want to be, whatever this thing that you might be looking for. Suck on that for eternity. Then you'll fucking taste torture. Because what do you do then? <laughs> eternity as that, well, as utter was... bliss and knowing and fucking yeah. everything. Oh my God! And this story be a thing is... who knows things forever is torture beyond all compare.
0: Yeah, and these stories, if you as a Christian, for example, would actually come to heaven, there is no escape. There is no way you can leave heaven ever. Well, can you be a bad boy up there and be sent to hell for kind of uh, uh, correcting your misbehavior? Uh, for a no. weekend? No. no they, they cannot even send you to hell. Because hell is not a place where they train bad people to become good. There was, there was no way. You have to stay there for all yeah. eternity, and there is no escape.
1: And 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 Who all would want are, that. I mean, and no, no way out.
0: No way out. I mean, in, in whole Christianity, in Islam, in Judaism, they never ever once say that there is a possibility out. They do say that in Hinduism, that there is this idea of liberation, moksha, where you actually step out of the cycle of birth and rebirth, where you actually leave the wheel of karma. They have it actually in the midst of their own religion, this thing that you actually, they call liberation. And they do not say that liberation is to come with the gods, as they do in monotheism. They simply talk about moksha, liberation.
1: Yeah. See, it makes, like you see to be a thing in eternity, like to be a thing in eternal in eternity, mm. is. Um...
0: So, so they have it in in uh, Hinduism. Mm course they have this traditionally this notion of a self being there and for me the hilarious and funny thing is that when buddha comes along which was a kind of uproar a rebe- rebellion against that uh, old traditional belief in in a self and the rituals and all and all the gods he said that there are there are none of those things this there is no self Anatta or Anatman, Sanskrit and Pali, there is no self. So when I'm visiting, and I used to visit a lot of uh, some of the uh, Zen temples, I asked people when we're eating lunch, because they are more talkative than, who is going to become enlightened?
2: Mm.
0: And they simply said, well, I hope one day that I will become... Yeah, but Buddha says that there is no self. There is Really, there is no you. That was before this thing, thing happened to me. Who is going to become enlightened if there is no you? Mm-hmm. If there is no self, then there is no entity that can become enlightened. And that, yeah. that is already in mainstream Buddhism, and they all seem to have forgotten that.
1: Yeah, or right, that's just happening that too. It's
0: right up in their nose, and they don't see it. It's not the becoming enlightened thing. It's realizing that there is no self. That is the message of Buddha. Not the Eightfold Path or the Three Jewels or blah, blah all the blah, blah. That's just toys that is giving to, to children to play with. The real thing is to discover, to discover that there is no self. There is no you.
1: And yet nobody and never can discover was. that. <laughs> Yeah, nobody like discovered discover because I know, I know, no, I know. We're only, no, no we're only, nobody we're only, discovers
0: that. It's that's the discovery, it's and that's the reality.
1: beauty. But that is that's, the beauty. That's, that's the, beauty the beauty that you could never have, in a bazillion years. It's the worst yeah, riddle that never was. It's the worst fucking thing. You it's the most anyway fun thing, I suppose. It's not fun. It, it's though. A, it's a
0: nightmare in a sense. The people talk about the light at the end of the tunnel. The, the thing is, in a way, to realize that there is no tunnel. Thank fuck. This, this is the, you can say this is the beauty of this limitless freedom. that there is nothing attached to a me that has to do or are doing and cause and affecting and all that. It's simply totally gone. Everything is totally gone. And that is why in communicating, we tend to say that everything and nothing at the same time. Now, you can say everything means everything and nothing means no thing. So everythingness and no thingness, then it becomes almost borderline intellectual. Nothing means simply nothing, yeah there are no things. there are no entities anywhere that that is part of the illusion, so we say everything to indicate all the things you can think of are actually nothing, actually this nothingness appearing as different things in this everything yeah you. Your dog, your neighbor it's simply an appearance of nothingness in the form of a dog or a you and a me robin sitting here
1: It's hard to believe that the relief would be that um, it, there is no one it's it's unfathomable if if it, it you're, exists, if, you're, if you're in if you're in the cycle of looking for Whatever the fuck, it, hearing that there is no one, and how could that possibly be a, a relief? Or, uh, is I don't know. Wow.
0: It is unfathomable and it is unknowable.
1: Thank fuck, though. I mean, totally. that's, But that's that's why it's amazing, though. If it was it knowable, is, it would yes, be absolutely yes. fucking disgusting. That that yeah. is why this is
0: fucking amazing
1: if it was the truth or if it was something to be discovered it would be horrendous it would be there
0: is no truth because yeah. truth is taking some of the things in everything to say that these things are true in in the kind of uh opposition to what is not true that is taking some part or parts of everything and call those parts true and that is limiting everythingness into somethingness so there is no truth there is not even truth
1: oh I mean it's so amazing because you see if see this idea of discovering or arrival or whatever Hmm. Is um it's fine because <laughs> that's the way the program seems to work or arrive in, in some way, shape, or form to in some place, somewhere, something. But that is, when
0: that is all those who talk about the teaching that you will one day arrive where I am.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's total
0: bullshit.
1: Every word though, I think if you're in the seeking game, every word, no matter what, it still appears like uh, you know, that somebody knows something. No matter what way, if you're on the seeking game, no matter how uh, way you hear it, you just still will hear a carrot. It's appealing. No matter, um, yeah. yeah. As
0: long as this eye sense remains, there is seeking. It's unavoidable mm. because the eye seeks to dissolve itself or to get rid of itself or however you say this in language, it seeks the non-I, it seeks yeah. the non-self and as long as that is not kind of here, the seeking goes on, Yeah, it's unavoidable, now what I'm saying is that you are, really see, yeah. you are everything, you are this everythingness, now where would you arrive if you already are this everythingness where would you arrive Mm. you cannot arrive because you are already everything and nothing at the same time and that's there is no place there is no from and there is no to Mm. and this is i guess my guess is from reading a lot of these books during the years about Buddha and the Zen masters and everything, the Sufis and blah, blah, blah. This sense that there is something that you can discover is so deeply soaked into us because we feel a kind of longing, um, a kind of lack of real meaning in our lives. We, We feel this miserable life regardless of how many dollars or euros we have in the bank. That doesn't quench this thirst for the no-self. This longing is there. So in all these religious, uh, you can say sects or organizations, religions or whatever, when people talk about what these people have communicated, it tends to come on the onto the tracks that it leads from here to somewhere mm. it it gets the message gets distorted now this is easily seen in the gospels if you compare it with the gospel of thomas it's so easy when others get into almost this mess that they put on the tracks and say It's going in this direction. There is no direction because you are already everything. And that is explicitly stated in the Gospel of Thomas. You are this all. Now what the hell are you seeking? Who is seeking? And this all is already you.
1: I wrote that down. I wrote down um, how can something that... It's kind of like how can the self discover no self, but how can that which is no volition ask a question when that question ask a question to discover this when that has been done also and then when that has been done also and i thought fucking hell sure i mean it's and language
0: is pure dualism so when i say self as an i and no self that that's a dualism but that is only how it appears to be when it is communicated in language yeah. there is no no self and there is no self
1: and you see, i can see why there's loads of words used or why certain people and i kind of totally get why no there's no engagement with any kind of stories or anything like that only just because they it's they're not even doing anything right so they're not even talking about anything and then so then why on earth could you go and start talking about something else? i mean it's not like you've discovered anything or you know anything and you found out anything so how can you then at all say anything now obviously that may happen but it would seem like when it's an empty end game Nothing can be said. It's not that the person is saying, I do not want to say anything about this. It's that it seems like that is just what happens. And not much is said or ever said. Mm-hmm. I can see why people would never, ever, ever say another word or chat or say anything about this at all. Well, ever. in
0: China, they say that the wise are silent, the gifted speak and the fools argue. Mm-hmm. This distortion that has come down to us from people writing down what these people had said is less evident in the Upanishads because there they state all the time, this is what we have heard from the wise. And they do their utmost to bring exactly what they have heard communicated in language. Now, that is also, even if it's written, it's also taken out of context, and the context yes. is kind of lost. So it's it's a fragrance of something. But in a Even lot of traditions, that, yeah, the distortion sorts, is enormous. Like in the New Testament, it's totally distorted to see that Jesus never existed. He apparently existed as an historic person, but he never existed.
1: See, that's why it's stunning, just, this is it, is, is enough. I mean, this is it. And you that's can enough. turn
0: it around and you can say, okay, any knowledge you have, any experience you get, any discovery, all of that is part of the Frank story. It's not this at all. It's happening within this, but it's all part of the me story of Frank. If you see angels, if God himself or herself comes down to visit you, it's part of the story. It's part of the eye trying to cope with the situation where it really doesn't want any of that shit. It's seeking for its own absence, and that is an impossibility.
1: Yeah. Um,
0: So one but you see, though,
1: I, I mean, all of the words of seeking for its own absence and liberation and getting there and, or, you know, understanding or wisdom or whatever, all of those suggest something. And um, they still, you know, that's what, see, that's what. Maybe it's just a passion I have for um, fucking freedom, (coughs) but uh, this is it. End of story.
0: Yeah.
2: Then, and if you're looking
1: for if you're looking for loads of stories, you find them all over,
0: all over the place,
1: all over the place. But this is (laughs) what you're looking for. It's so it's so so poor, so poor. Mm. But it's the only thing I'd say. Uh, yeah it's the only thing if i it's the only thing that got out. but then you, you, boy, i would never say i'm never going to say anything to anybody it's difficult
0: because when we are communicating with others we can communicate without using language we can paint we can silently go fishing we can we can do things together we are doing things we are communicating without using words too Hmm. But once you start using words, it's very, very easy to get the idea that when I say this limitless freedom, that this is something that you can get. This limitless freedom does not exist. It's simply a word. But I like that word much better (laughs) than other words.
2: It's
1: just, just liberation it is, ju- is also is it, a word. It's kind of a juicy word, limitless freedom. It's like boundless, unfathomable, everything or no thing. I would thing. rather
0: Th- listen that's- to someone talking about limitless freedom than someone talking about becoming enlightened or reaching the ultimate knowledge or the ultimate experience and all those things. Real, I mean, those that I take my, the liberty to call real people in the sense that they don't exist. They talk about limitless freedom. All the others, teachers and everything, talks about things you can achieve. Thought, talks about things that you can accomplish, that you can become, that you can release from within, that you can realize who you really are and all those things. All those lovely things that mm. makes make people pay for the next stage, or the next level, or the next seminar, and blah, 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 blah. Yeah, it, it doesn't
1: goes on me anymore, and all it, that. Yeah.
0: There is nothing to sell here. There is no things me. for sale. Andrew Cohn, no I saw Andrew, you came, buy. Mm.
1: You, I, you Andrew are, Cohn came up on my feed there the last day with something, something non-duality, eight, eight steps to. <laughs> I reported him to Facebook as being as selling something that wasn't true <laughs> you have to you see if you want to get rid of him off your feed you have to kind of give a reason for it and I said that it was false I don't really give a fuck but he was just annoying me coming well, up
0: well those books about levels and how to get to the next level and the eight signs for or or the eight characteristics for an enlightened or the 10 or the 20 or uh, these lists are everywhere. And when they are published as books, they really sell because people feel that they understand something that it can help them in a positive way towards becoming enlightened themselves or becoming the the
1: Like That's nobody's doing anything though, really.
0: Yeah, yeah, really. Yes. But then we can also in language talk about it in a way that it seems
1: mm-hmm. that we could report have... them to Facebook. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but that's just happening too. I'm delighted. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck
0: <laughs> And You see these things everywhere. So I I have no idea and no thought about this being limitless freedom either. But in, yeah. in communication, I like that word, limitless freedom or boundless freedom. I, I like the word freedom because it it, it kind of indicates something that it, it has got nothing to do with anything. Yeah, it's amazing. It doesn't a- lead to a certain knowledge. It doesn't lead to a certain set of values, a certain morale. It doesn't lead up to anything. It's simply freedom, baby, that this is it.
1: Yeah, you can see in some ways a lot of the words that I've heard over the years, as long as there's something, then there are. Something there, there are things out there. When there's nothing, you know, there is the everything. But even that is a lot of shit Like, But it, mm-hmm. it, it you know, the, the, <laughs> it's all a load of shit Like too. Every last little bit that we've talked about here.
0: Well,
2: as long as you
1: can come up with something,
0: then then it sells, because then it is something that people want. I mean, years ago, it was kind of popular to say that I'm a mystic. And I think it's going to be popular to say that, well, I'm nobody. I mean, it's kind of fashion, it's kind of spiritual fashion. It will be picked up by a lot of the teachers. What Richard and Tony and Kenneth and Andreas and and Jim is is saying, they will pick it up and adjust their message and kind of connect to it in a way that it's compatible with their own teaching. Mm. I've seen that already. Yes, your man's doing it.
1: Your man's doing it. What's his face? Andrew Cohen. So that's what he's doing. Um, the, the universally
0: enlightened.
1: Oh, some lark, yeah. Some course that he's doing. I was, I was gonna see, could I find? I mean, he's
0: the he's the first one in the whole history of mankind who has become universally enlightened. Yeah, who was only enlightened.
1: Fucking good luck to him, man. He's he's great. I
0: mean, <laughs> if somebody else wants to join him on that trip, go ahead. I
1: mean, yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> How much more stupid can it get? Or how much more ignorant can it get? It's absolutely totally absurd what he's saying.
1: Oh yeah, it's called intersubjective non-duality eight part course. Sure. Uh,
0: look. Well non-duality is just a word. It's it's just a word. It doesn't exist. Yeah, anyway. It's a useful word at times, but I don't like it very much. It's
1: it's, 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 it's now laden down with loads of other meanings, whereas there was a bit of a flat liner, but it's probably starting to be laden down with lots Like any word, though. Any word. Once you open your mouth, I think it's over. Well, it, it, in one sense, when we
0: kind of live now, we have to communicate from the current situation, in the current situation. If you take... Quotes from 2500 years back, or even 100 years back, and try to imply that as a kind of message, it will not be received by people. It has to be in tune with what is happening.
1: I don't know. Yeah. I mean, so, d- so yeah. in
0: a sense, there are new words created or coined to try to cope with their situation to get this message through that there is nothing.
1: See, that's the thing, though. That suggests that there is a message, and that somebody wants to get it through. If you're trying to even use, use new words, you know, I'm, I'm I, communicating
0: I mean, it, in in language, Frank, and and to say that which are well,
1: I'm communicating in language as well, like um, yes. So all I'm saying is, uh, you're damned. Whatever way, it'll always be. It'll always be seen in some way. There'll always be some meaning put on something, and it'll always, when there's somebody, it'll always seem like there's somebody over there who knows something, and so therefore, I'm sure there's some, you know, therefore I should, I need to get over the river to the other side of the, of the river to be able to know what they know. And,
0: well, I,
2: you know, no matter
1: I what,
0: I don't entirely agree. If you ask people going to meetings with Kenneth, if that is so they will not say that that is correct.
1: They, I think they're being they starved. There. But I think yeah, they I mean, it still seems they will still look at Kenneth and go, Kenneth's, Kenneth's there. They will, no matter what, if you're seeking, it's impossible not to yeah, but there is, somebody's uh, got something. Uh, but I mean, there, in the communication, when it is uncompromising, it appears to me that that starves that movement of the human being to try, it starves all of that. As much as is possible and they come away maybe with that feeling of nothing pure disappointment and maybe in that disappointment maybe there's something but they're utterly starved but i'm saying that still it's in meetings it's still as much as is you can do and speak and whatever it still seems that somebody has got something and i need to get there even if the motivation and the communication is designed and whatever it comes out uncompromising it still will appear as that. And that's what's happening to those that can't be avoided and so therefore the most minimal language in a way is always it comes back to like you know any of them will start the meeting and go it's still this and now we can go on and chat about everything else and maybe that will happen and maybe a sharing will happen but there's no purpose to try and convince you of anything because yes it's already over
0: of, yes as a part of the the still ongoing seeking because their eye sense is still there. That is correct. That that is the impression that people, when they walk out of these meetings, carry with them. But at the same time, they have heard people stating that this is not so. So they have they have two different perspectives, and that other perspective. I think what what, what I saw when I was in, in this meeting with Kenneth and a uh, little, little talk with some of these people is that it's not entirely that version that they are disillusioned. Uh, what, what is it called? Dis- disillusioned. Um, starved. Yeah, starved. It's also joyful. They really enjoy it because they sense that there is something other than what is being communicated in words, these statements that there is nothing here
1: at the same time. I think what it is is that for the most part we carry these stories on our shoulders all the time and we're ready to launch into uh, that, uh, we're ready to offload that uh, story with anybody and everybody and I think that perhaps in these meetings, perhaps because the story is not entertained, they realise there might be the freedom in fuck it, it's great. <clears throat> I don't have to fucking start telling you, giving you me elevator picture, talking to you about how I'm going to get there. All of that is is um it's just, that's my sense of it anyway, is that the story is okay. not entertained. From, so then, from my then,
0: perspective, it It is an opportunity for people to hear this message, that there really is no you. I'm not saying that that is important for people to hear, and I'm not saying that that will cause the no-self to appear. I'm not saying that. I'm simply saying, if you look at it in another way, with all these teachers talking about enlightenment to their disciples for 10, 20, 30 years, how many of their disciples have become enlightened?
1: Yeah, I would if definitely If you look that,
0: at absolutely. Tony Parsons, Richard Sylvester, Kenneth Madden, Jim Newman, you will you will suddenly see that there are quite a lot of people that that in language now that are this no self. There are there are quite quite a lot of people actually. If you look at these enlightenment projects going on in, in the spiritual industry you can ask for example who with moji as a master has have become enlightened under his guidance why do they not list that as kind of credentials that these teachings really work you can get from here to enlightenment we have robert we have bertha we have peter we had susan why do they never do that? Because these people do not exist. What exists is that when people go to these teaching schools, they get a kind of master's degree, that they are allowed now to have their own groups and do their own thing. Except They don't have to sit around Muji, around this and that kind of master. But with these people, with Tony, Richard, Kenneth, and Andreas and the gang, There is a total freedom that they refer to each other, they talk about each other. I have no difficulties, no problems talking about these people to whoever. But there are visible people that this nothingness has kind of happened to. You can single them out, you can easily find them. And that says to me, indicates to me that this message that there is no you really kind of has an effect. Not that not that it has an effect in the sense of a cause and effect, but it seems to be more likely to happen in that kind of environment than within a teaching. And regardless of where you are, you don't exist of not being there that happens to a lot of people but in, in a sense they don't realize that now you are not here I mean oh it's difficult to say in language they, they get these glimpses where the eye sense simply drops and and there is a kind of wonder what was that that happens and from what I can see is that when people have heard this message that there is no I, maybe these glimpses can bring it permanently about so that the I sense really drops.
1: It's a real contradiction, I I, kind of hear where you're going but it it is a real contradiction it's a real, it, it is, it's a real it paradox, is, and it, it is, is it is going down a bit of a story as well, which is totally fine. It is in in magical land. It it it, it could it could appear like that.
0: In magical land, I, I fully agree with you. I'm trying to kind of come up with an explanation why this seems to be so successful with tony richard andreas and all those guys and girls because they are they are presenting this matches message clearly that there is no i there is no me
1: but that's because there's nobody seeing anybody that's because if if you want to say because nobody's seeing anybody, they're not being seen it's not like they're recognized as being somebody there's already nobody So there's already, already no one. There's already yes. already no one. So no one then. It's, is, o- it's already no over. Now. <laughs> it's yes. already over in that sense. Yes,
0: so. yes. It, it is a paradox. Once you start talking, it's a paradox. Right there. Yeah.
2: There's yeah.
0: no way around that in language. It is a paradox, yes. But these things are out in the open. Anyone can log into the internet or go and meet Kenneth Madden or whoever they are there. They are available in that sense
1: it It seems like this sort uh, that uh, the agenda uh, agendaless message is out there with we'll agenda
0: yes total agendalessness
1: There is no yeah. agenda. And maybe that's felt, maybe that's felt, and maybe you could, you see, using words like unconditional love, but maybe that is because there's no conditions put on anybody to be anything, you know, um, and it's just, it's, life is it's seen. So then how can somebody be entertained? Cause there is no one already. It's already seen, that. Like. it's uh, already it's over. Simple, for, it's simply uh, funny. It, it's, it's already fun. over for everyone, that like, because it? yeah. it's already this, and it's already what's happening, it's, and nobody can discover that. But you can't, yes, it's not like not one person has it's just there's already nobody, so then it's over.
0: Hmm. Richard opens one of his meetings by saying that this is nothing that you can understand, you cannot know this, it's simply totally unknowable you will never be able to understand this. So we are all going to fail. Yeah. I really enjoy when he's saying it like that, presenting it like that. We are all going to fail because there is no way that you can find out or discover this. That would mean separating yourself from it in a total dualistic way. Oh, yeah. so I simply enjoy when he's talking like that. And yes, There is no you, no me. There is nobody everywhere. Nothing exists, blah, 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 blah. But then seemingly we can have fun. And
1: yeah, you can still dive in and chew the cud and whatever. Mm.
0: And this body mind still enjoys some even cold Irish whiskey or Irish coffee. and, And it's simply enjoyable watching the flowers, the butterflies. It's a lovely place. Apparently.
3: This
1: the Garden of Eden. It's good crack all right. I yes. better go I better go now. And um I think I might have we might have lost that entire recording of that pure gold we came up with because of the internet there. We may not have, but
0: Oh, I thought it was pure silver.
1: <laughs> no, it's pure gold and awesome. it, it wasn't deleted. Bleak lead. <laughs>
0: <laughs>
1: yeah. Yeah. that oh, led to this that led that caused
0: but there oh. is a total frustration coming up because once there is a kind of sensing that there is nothing one can do, it's totally hopeless because it's unknowable and un- unfathomable as you said and I say, it's like you're facing a lead wall. There is no way you can get through it. But really, it does not exist, and neither do you. I mean...
1: But that's it, though, you see. With. There's already no one.
0: Already no one?
1: It's already there's no never, one. It's already been, over.
0: Yeah, it's already over, because there never was.
1: And then you, somebody might say, well, I want to know that it's, there's already no one. <laughs> well, well, then, this, but that's just that's, kind of... that's just what's happening, though. I mean, this yeah. is not if if this could if you could control all this. Ooh, the, the, this us.
0: is kind of risky. But I would say that there is a a kind of sensing, and I use the word with a set sensing. There there is a kind of sensing by no one that this is this. When this, uh, when, oh, it's language. When, when this I sense no longer is here, there is a sensing of this totally being so. There is no need for an approval from anyone. Mm. Because it's absolutely 100% this and nothing else but this. But it is so totally obvious that I I just call it a sensing, but there is no me sensing it to be so. But still, I'm simply saying this to indicate that there is a kind of awareness, but it is not an awareness that arise from anyone. And that's a really fucking stupid thing to say, really. But yeah, it's it's language.
1: Yeah, nobody ever sees this. So,
0: and only to communicate this Thank in fuck. the form of an apparent message is fucking boring. What, what is?
1: Is I is don't that, know if it is. I think it's not boring. I think it's amazing. This
0: this is what is happening, happening apparently, as it appears that this is playing with all its forms in every way. You are looking this way, that way, apparently. It is this through this form of this apparent Robin that is holding this pencil and and grabbing this bottle of water. It is this playfulness, apparently, Moving within itself. That's why we say that things are happening, but in reality, things are not happening because there is, there are no things. So even yeah. that is a paradox. Should we? What, how the fuck do we keep talking about it? I, it appears but, to be what is happening. So what, yeah. is, what is apparently happening is that you live with your family, with your friends, with your colleagues, with your neighbours. You enjoy the butterflies, you enjoy the the blue sky, or you enjoy the rain, or whatever. I mean, in a sense, it is to live life in this total freedom that you're not.
1: I know these are only words, but you see, you're not living a life, though. You're not living a life.
0: You're not even dead. You you don't exist. Yeah,
1: there isn't even life. (laughs) There There isn't isn't even, even life. There isn't even life. So you're not living your life and you might not enjoy the blue sky tomorrow. That'll be nice if enjoyment happens.
0: (laughs) There, There is not even life and there is not. There is no death. There is no one living an apparent life. But, but this apparent of things happening is enjoyable
1: the only show in town
0: yes and the tickets never sell out <laughs> <laughs>
1: right big dog i better go here okay <laughs> the pleasure was all mine
0: oh it was okay laugh <laughs> <from you. laughs> it's all mine it's a lot of babbling but it's it's not easy in language but you see and understand that the complications arise from using language most of the time.
1: I think the complications arise when there's somebody (laughs) otherwise. It's hard for people
0: to accept when, when they listen to Kenneth Madden or to me or anyone else that there really is no one there. That's really hard. It's not
1: hard. It's impossible. When there's somebody, there's the world. When there's nobody, there's everything. It's not even everything. It's just what's happening.
0: It's just what's happening. I was trying to be kind to you (laughs) when I said it's hard. It's impossible. It's, It's wholly impossible. It's totally impossible. Because once once there is a sensing that there is nobody there, then there is nobody here either. That's what happened with my son, when he sensed that there is no Tony, then, then immediately there was a sensing that there is nobody here either.
1: Yeah, but nobody sensed anything. So. Nobody
0: sensed anything. Mm.
1: Fuck you too. (laughs) See you on the other side.
0: Say hello to the kids and your wife. I will indeed. If you say hello.
1: I will indeed. Take it easy, big dog.
0: Okay. Bye bye. See you later.
1: Bye Bye bye. I, if you like the conversation that I just had and you'd like more, please hit the subscribe button. Thank you.